Truth News Network. Prices out of control, inflation rising, industries screaming out for materials, parts, qualified workers. How is it that Hollywood isn't feeling this? How is it the media aren't scrambling? Questions worth answering, but where do you get those answers? You get them here. TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. Y'all just come on down. Come on down. You know what? I wish one time we could just do this show, maybe even if it's just half of a show, if we could just do it together. Where we we got in a big room, we did the show, you could walk up and uh, uh, have a conversation, express your opinion. People could just get to know you at the same time they get to know me. I'd like that. We may try that sometime. Hey, that just popped into my brain as we listened to Pete Moss do the intro there. I think it'd be fun though, don't you? Well, we need a little fun in our lives because, my goodness, there's not a lot of fun going on outside, is there? It's just absolutely crazy, stark raving crazy. It's tough to just make it through the day without really getting afraid. Don't do that. We don't want you to do that. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live. First of all, let me remind you, of course, if you're listening, you're listening. But if you're not listening to the show and you want to hear the show, several different ways to grab it. You can do this after every show is over at the bottom of the page that holds the first story of the day. Down at the bottom, we'll put, and we do already, put every show live. There's a link there. Just click on it and bam, you're in. If you're driving down the road out of town or if you uh, you like the podcast format, you know, where you go to a site that carries podcasts, there are six of them that are carrying TNN Live right now. Let me see if I can remember. We've got Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, and Google. So go to those sites and in the search bar, just put in TNN Live. And the menu for our show will pop up. And at the top is always the most recent show. So you can listen to them right there. Got a lot of ways to listen. So don't miss us. Don't miss us. There's no reason to do it. You don't have an excuse. And let me give you a little advice. You know what you can do if you're on a trip? You're in your car for more than five or ten minutes. It's a good thing to do. Just pull it up and listen to TNN Live. We want you to stay plugged in. Well, we're not at war yet. Isn't that a good thing? (laughs) A lot of us hope that we don't end up going there. We're going to talk a little bit about this Ukrainian debacle that's out there. But let's just set the stage. What's this president doing? What's going on with Joe Biden? Well, in between selecting a souvenir for Kamala and also enjoying a waffle cone, which he loves, President Biden managed to make some time to issue Vladimir Putin a warning of severe consequences should Russia invade Ukraine. Those sweeping statements were delivered from a Capitol Hill gift shop, not from the Oval Office, which was meant to mark the beginning of the president's pledge to get out into the country more, despite being just three minutes from the White House. (laughs) He's getting out among the people, right? 
Well, given that many feel we are on the brink of war, and with the president facing a lot of tensions on multiple fronts, came as no surprise to me yesterday when Jen Psaki had difficulty explaining what Joe would be doing for the day. I mean, you know, Donald Trump's schedule was just crazy. Joe Biden, they don't know what he's going to do from today. Do you realize when he did the big press conference, the big thing last week, I think he did it Wednesday. Do you know that he disappeared? He went to Delaware for the weekend, went home for the weekend, and Monday and Tuesday, there was nothing on his calendar getting ready for that press conference in which he sucked at what he said. Well, here's what Saki said yesterday. This morning, I think he has some policy meetings, also a PDB meeting, which I don't understand what PDB means, but she wasn't through. He later this afternoon, I think, is doing some remarks review. She's speaking to the media when she said this. This is Jen Psaki. There are some days that we spent some time doing internal meetings and discussions with policy experts, with policy leaders, and that, and that's what's happening today. <laughs> well, not so much, folks. That was in the morning. Well, as Biden was looking through the souvenirs, he stopped in front of a blue tote bag. And it was really important that he was in front of that blue tote bag to tell the national media and presumably the Russian president, that there would be dire consequences should he invade Ukraine. Don't you know Vladimir Putin, he just started shaking in his shoes, watching the president, holding his waffle cone, threatening the nation of Russia. Joe said, there would be enormous consequences if he were to go in and invade as he could. If we were to move in with all those forces, it would be the largest invasion since World War II. It would change the world. It would be severe consequences, including significant economic consequences, he warned. So with 8,500 troops already on high alert, I know Vlad's scared to death, right? He only has about 120,000 on the border right now. Biden also explained his preparations for sending those 8,500 troops to bolster NATO forces, if, ne- if, if necessary. Only if necessary. I'd feel obliged to beef up our presence, NATO's presence on the Eastern Front, the president said. As, as we know, Russia's not only there on the border between Russia and Ukraine, but they're all over Belarus, an adjoining nation. I may be moving some of those troops in the near term just because it takes time. His comment follows one from Pentagon spokesperson Admiral John Kirby. Yesterday he said that he would not rule out the possibility that we could be putting additional forces on heightened alert in the coming days and weeks while perhaps moving troops around Europe that are already there. Hey, 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 we're going to be on the slide doing these things. They're not going to be able to tell what we're doing. Nobody knows what this president thinks. He keeps everybody second-guessing. Yeah, 
He really does every time he opens his mouth. While he didn't feel there was a lot of concern for the security of allies in Western Europe, Biden does feel Eastern Europe has reason to worry. They're along the Russian border, the Belarus border. So Biden's photo-ready, clearly staged outing came after a new Harvard survey poll put his overall approval at 39%. If he thought eating ice cream and buying whatever he bought, that blue bag, I don't know, would endear him to the American public, struggling under soaring inflation, oppressive mandates, he was sadly mistaken. Folks, the outing did little more than stir outrage and fuel more criticism, as it should. Just think about that. We are on the brink of war. And the big deal for him is go to a Capitol Hill gift store, buy a tote bag, if that's what he bought, and a chocolate waffle cone. Man, he's hard at it, isn't he? This is insane, folks. This is insane. Now, we're going we're gonna to get the take. In fact, why don't we go ahead and do that right now? Do you ever wonder what our allies think and what they're saying about this Biden planning going on? This is a big deal. It's a bigger deal, obviously, everywhere else on the planet than it is here, according to Joe Biden. It's, you know... We're we're gonna we're gonna be mean to him if he invades Ukraine. We're gonna do all kinds of things. Have you like me wondered what the heck he means we're going to do? Why wouldn't you tell Vladimir Putin exactly what the consequences will be if he does that? You're not scaring him, Mr. President. He's been to war with a lot of people tougher than you. You're a gnat on that whole thing. Sky News, our friends down in Australia, we love to have them on every once in a while. We reciprocate with them. They get stuff from us, we get stuff from them in Australia. This is a report from Sky News about what's going on, really going on in Ukraine, and especially as it pertains to Joe Biden and the United States. Ukraine's army is readying itself for further conflict with Russia, holding drills near annexed Crimea in case its eastern neighbor invades. Britain has delivered fresh military equipment, including anti-tank weapons, to Kiev, a move Russia calls a provocation, as the Prime Minister issued this warning to the Kremlin. If Russia were to make any kind of incursion into Ukraine of, of, of any uh, on any scale, whatever, uh, I think that that would be a uh, disaster for, not just for Ukraine, but for Russia, it would be a disaster for the world. The White House is on a damage control mission. The US president seeking to clarify comments he made on Wednesday that a minor incursion into Ukraine might result in a lesser response from the West than a full-scale invasion. Any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion but it will be met with severe and coordinated economic response that I've discussed in detail with our allies, as well as laid out very clearly for President Putin. But there is no doubt, let there be no doubt at all, that if Putin makes this choice, Russia will pay a heavy price. 
from Berlin, America's top diplomat stressed the West stood united. He meets with his Russian counterpart in Geneva on Friday, but with Russia's core demand an end to NATO expansion, the one area where NATO won't budge, those talks won't be easy. Sergei Karaganov is among the more hawkish viewpoints that you'll find in Moscow, and he's tight with the Kremlin's inner circle. A NATO expansion uh, was, a, was a cancer, cancer which was in, introduced into the body of, uh, of, uh, of the subcontinent. We will have to uh, heal it. By deploying 100,000 troops? If needed, even more. You don't heal by force. I am sorry. Uh, you need uh, sometimes to heal a cancer. You have to mm, go for an operation. That message has sunk in. The latest opinion polls showing that most Russians believe it is NATO and the US, not Russia, who were responsible for tensions over Ukraine. But it's another question whether they're prepared to send in their young men to fight. Vladimir Putin has made an art form out of keeping people guessing, and that is just the way he likes it. But there is one issue on timing which does seem reasonable, and that is that China is about to host the Winter Olympics. Now, the last time they hosted the Games was in 2008, when Russia invaded Georgia. And given the fact that he is interested in maintaining good relations with the Chinese leader, it does seem unlikely that President Putin would do that again. Both sides for now say they'll keep on with diplomacy and dialogue. And Russia still insists it has no intention of invading Ukraine, even if most in the West don't believe it. Diana Magnus, Sky News, Moscow. She's there. She's a reporter in Moscow. She's watching what's going on with Russia. It sounds to me like the world's a little bit more worried about this than is Joe Biden. There's somebody else that's not that worried about it. This kind of troubled me. You know General Keene, you see him often as a uh, military expert, foreign policy expert regarding military on Fox News. He doesn't necessarily think that Russia is going to invade Ukraine. That just blows my mind. As you, If you've been here for weeks, weeks ago, I predicted that he would make the move at some point. Why do I feel so strongly about that? Listen. I don't know Vladimir Putin, but I've watched him for years. I mean, he came out of the old KGB. Did you know that? He was a leader in the old KGB. And I mean, folks, those people were really, really bad. They had one line that they pushed everything down as they did their dirty stuff. It was, do what we say, we'll beat you, torture you, and we'll probably kill you if you don't. And that was it. That was the long and short of it. He's that kind of guy. But there's something else about Vladimir Putin. Have you ever noticed? You've seen the pictures of him riding on uh, a horse, bareback, not wearing a shirt. He's really into himself, and he's a little guy, and he's very self-conscious about it. He can't stand not being on the stage, but not just on the stage. He can't stand not being front and center the guy on the stage. I think Donald Trump intimidated the snot out of Vladimir Putin. And I believe Vladimir Putin felt very strongly that if he did something regarding Ukraine when Trump was in office, Trump would smash him. And I think he would have. I think, to be honest with you, 
Joe Biden should be ready for that. Well, General Keene thinks about all this a little bit differently than do I. General, you heard that. We got a report from the Brits that you've got 30 trainloads of Russian troops in Belarus, 60 battle groups surround Ukraine. It looks like an invasion is imminent. Do you agree with that? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, the, the troop deployments to Belarus are not complete yet. They won't be complete till maybe as late as the second week in February. The ground is certainly ready in terms of it being frozen for heavy armor warfare. But Putin is off to the Beijing Olympics on February the 4th. That's his colleague and cohort who's going to be on a world stage until February the 20th. He spent billions of dollars. This is a huge propaganda victory for President Xi. I don't see Putin distracting by, for that by starting a major war in Europe and taking all the media attention away from the Chinese. So I don't believe it is eminent. I think we're actually entering a fairly serious diplomatic phase right now. Uh, because the United States and Russia and European partners are talking again, but this time talking a little bit more seriously in terms of negotiations. There's never been negotiations before. Everybody's stamping out what it is they want and what it is they won't do. Now we're beginning to talk about where the middle ground is. So that tells me something about Putin. He's still looking for what? He's still looking for concessions. Okay. Concessions short of using military force. He'll take that deal every single time. Because those forces, the consequence of those forces being there was to intimidate and get concessions out of the United States and the West. He has not, in my judgment, given up on, on that. Now listen, we can't take lightly the 125,000 forces that are surrounding Ukraine right. and the fact that what they can do, what that reporter described is the obvious. Yep. I mean, they, they can absolutely take control of Ukraine and, and, and change that government and change the entire behavior of that population as a result. Now, earlier on the program, just a half hour ago, we interviewed former ambassador Kurt Volker. He'd worked with Mike Pompeo on the Ukraine situation. He said, we, America, should immediately deploy those troops and immediately put sanctions in place. In other words, take action now. What do you say, General? No, I totally agree. I believe President Biden had made a serious strategic error here, and that is not to use preemption actions prior to an invasion to deter. After all, he has gone to the option of using the threat of consequential action after an invasion to deter the invasion. And that has always been fundamentally flawed in my view. Yes, those troops should have been in NATO countries weeks ago. Secondly, we should have put increased American trainers inside of Ukraine. We have 150 in there. We should have increased that training capacity. We should have significantly increased the arms to Ukraine. We're giving them small arms. Nice to have, certainly. We're giving them anti-tank weapons. We've been doing that since the Trump administration. What do they want in addition is what we should have been giving them. Missile defense, anti-drone missiles, anti-aircraft missiles, anti-ship missiles, artillery and mortars, consequential items that would truly make a difference and get Putin's attention. And yes, put the troops in our allied countries to reassure them and also send a message to Putin, 
that he's not going to move on NATO in any way, and we should have slapped some serious economic sanctions on him and tell him, we'll remove those economic sanctions as soon as you de-escalate. Okay. We so, did none of that. So, but, and that but, was a strategic mistake. But do it now. Okay, General Keane, out of time, but always good to talk to you. We'll see you again soon. It's always good to get a military perspective when you're talking about military matters. Joe Biden's lost as a goose, folks. He's made horrible foreign policy decisions his entire career. He's known as being really, really nuts when it comes to making those kind of decisions. And apparently, he pulls the people around him that think like him, not experts that know about the military. That becomes more and more obvious. That's a scary thing. General Keene, obviously, a very knowledgeable guy, and of course he's got access to more information than we do here at Truth News Network. But nevertheless, considering even the delays because of the Olympics that he referenced Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping of China being very, very good friends, and he doesn't want to steal the, uh, the Fuhrer on the world stage from China by invading Ukraine during their big deal, the Olympics, I get that. But I don't think you, especially Russia, they're not, regardless of what people think, they're not an economic powerhouse on the planet. And folks, do you know what the cost probably is for having 125,000 soldiers? Think about all the equipment, the housing, the food, all of those kind of things for months and months and months. I think he's going to do something. I think he is pushing the envelope as far as he can to try to get a reaction, a response out of Joe Biden. I think what he's doing in the middle of all of that is he is testing the backbone of our president. I'm positive of that. Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of the UK, even came out and he said, if he invades Ukraine, we in the UK will match all of the people that he has on the front with Ukraine. Biden hadn't said anything at all like that. 8,500 troops, he's not sending them, folks. He put them on the ready status. Be ready to go. What is that? Well, they'll probably wait till after a you know, four or five hundred Ukrainians are killed. And then he may send these people over there. That's not good leadership. And that's not taking care of what's on the, the table in front of you. Believe me. And there is a lot on the table in front of this president. I don't see, I honestly, I do not see how Joe Biden sleeps at night. And I guess the only way to describe it is he believes his own on stuff that he says. He believes he's the guy. He believes he's on top of it all. I just don't see it. So Russia's top diplomat yesterday promised to take appropriate measures if the West response to Moscow's security demands is not found to be what they want it to be. The U.S. agreed with Russia it would answer questions regarding NATO's military presence and the reason 
The Kremlin has accused the West of a military expansion that raises security concerns for Moscow. The report said Ukraine had no objections to the U.S. responses. In other words, he's flexing his muscles by pointing out things he doesn't like, expecting a reaction from Joe Biden, kind of like this. Well, you know, we'll just soften it up. We'll pull some people back. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said this, if we do not receive a constructive answer from the West on our security demands, Moscow will take appropriate measures. Now what are they after? They're seeking sweeping security measures and a guarantee that Ukraine will not be allowed to join NATO. They don't want Ukraine in NATO. The statement comes after Ukraine approved a list of actions the U.S. has promised to take to avert a military crisis. Their foreign minister, Dmitry Kuliba, said his country was completely behind the U.S. and Biden regarding the negotiations. Vladimir Putin has a menu of options for taking hostile actions towards Ukraine. He could blockade the Black Sea. Hmm. Never thought about that, did you? Daniel Hoffman. If you saw him, you'd know who he is. If you don't know him, he was and is an expert on pretty much everything to do with that part of Europe over there. He was in the CIA at the highest levels for years. Hoffman said this, he could launch a full throttle assault on Kiev, which would we would obviously see. He could also use his Spetsnaz guys They're a special force group, and they're inside Ukraine already to topple the the Zelensky government in Ukraine. That's an option. Hoffman said, I have a high level of confidence Putin will do something. As far as what that is, I'm not even sure if Putin has decided that yes. Well, well, well. (laughs) What else is in the news today? There's a bunch of Bad news going on down at our southern border, folks. And it looks like the Biden administration has been caught telling us the big lie. And it's not about election results. It's about what's going on at our southern border. What they're saying is going on and what really is going on are two completely different things. What's that all about? That's up next at TNN Live. When it comes to online meetings, you're crushing it. But if you want to crush something that's a little more fun, why not play Best Fiends, the five-star rated puzzle game? Best Fiends is loaded with challenging puzzles that are so much fun. And you're never accidentally on mute. So take a stress break with the cutest characters on the planet and download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Play Best Fiends. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto. 529-8342. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive 
Yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an Infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. We have so many big things going on. We've got COVID stuff to get into. We've got some Dr. Anthony Fauci, um, bad news for the doc. Um, but of course, I guess besides right now, the um, the trauma going on with inflation, uh, with our supply chain being interrupted like it is, and everything's gone up way, 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 way up in pricing far beyond realistic. I mean, it's just under, It's you just can't understand the reasoning for it. Yeah, we know why. We know why. It's because of the Biden administration policies. But folks, here's what you need to understand. We're, we don't need to be sitting here for the next three years pointing our finger at the White House and cursing the president. We need to speak up. We need to reach out. We we need to let Washington and everybody you can get your hands on or get on the phone that represents you up there, your members of the U.S. House of Representatives, your senator in Louisiana. Uh, We've got two. One of them is not even, even close to being right, even though he's a Republican, Casey. John Kennedy, I mean, they ought to build a monument for this guy. He is all in for the rule of law in the U.S. Constitution, and he's not even an attorney. It's amazing to listen to Senator Kennedy when he does questioning of these um, nominees by the Biden administration for federal judgeships and to serve in uh, Biden's administration and other roles. He cuts right to the chase. We need a lot of that. That's what we need to be doing. So for those of you, and we have people that live in my district, the 4th Congressional District in Louisiana, if you're listening in today, have you reached out to Congressman Mike Johnson? You need to have a conversation with him. Tell him exactly how you feel. You'll find out on many things you're like-minded, but he needs to know for a fact how you feel. Don't hesitate to call his office and uh, ask him if you can't get him on the phone, and you typically won't. But if you can't get him on the phone, flip you to his voicemail so you can leave him a voicemail. That works too. So we talked about what's going on down at the southern border. Video's out. And uh, it's damning of what's happening on Joe Biden's watch down there. You remember we've been told over and over and over again, any illegals that come to the border, unless they are family members, children, moms and dads, Anybody else, everybody else, single males especially, they're being deported. 
Well, the video that came out yesterday, Fox News had it on last night. It's just one instance. But what it is, a bus full of single males, most of them 18 to 35 years old, they came across the southern border. Remember, those are the ones based on Title 42, which is about COVID in in the country. Uh, We're going to deport them. We, We immediately take them. We log them in but then we take them and put them in the deportation processes. Mayorkas told us that, Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, over and over again. At least 18 of these men were followed, getting on a bus. They were being distributed around the country, but The reporter followed one of the taxis that were taking them from the bus station. In this particular case, they were going to the airport in Brownsville. And when they got out of the taxi, the reporter asked them, where are you going? One of them was going to Miami. Another was going to Atlanta. So in other words, folks, your tax dollars are paying for these guys that we were told weren't being allowed to remain here You're paying for them to go somewhere in the nation, and when they get there, you're also paying for them to live and eat, and if they get sick, take care of their health care, and it's all part of the latest big lie. In addition to what we just told you, those illegal encounters down at the south border hit a record 178,840 for December. Now, that's according to the Customs and Border Protection statistics, the official ones. And that's a 2% increase compared to November. Two-thirds, 64% of encounters were those single adults. 114,000 encounters in December, a 4% decrease compared to November. The numbers for the southern border mark the highest totals for a December in the past five years. Illegal encounters at the border this fiscal year, over half a million, which is larger than the total for the entire 2020 year. Think about that, folks. That's going on, and we're being told we're keeping the southern border safe. We're taking care of business down there. And do you know the big thing about all this? I mention this from time to time, but this is the thing that frosts me. You remember what they impeached Donald Trump for twice? It wasn't for anything like this. Either time. Nothing like this. It wasn't because he was purposely out there thumbing his nose at the rule of law, thumbing his nose at the U.S. Constitution. What's going on now on this president's watch, just at the southern border, if no other place or in any other area, it's an impeachable offense. He is suborning every day the breaking of federal laws. Suborning means you're not doing it yourself, literally, actually, but you're creating the environment and you're encouraging the law breaking to happen. You're encouraging those who break the law to break the law. You're part of that process, so you're just as evil. Nobody's saying anything about that. 
Well, it's mentioned every now and then. And of course, I know why it hadn't really been run up the flagpole in the House of Representatives, and you do too. Nancy Pelosi and Democrats control the House. It's a 50-50 tie in the Senate. It'd be really tough. Of course, you will, you will never get it to happen in impeachment, articles of impeachment coming out of this House of Representatives. But let me tell you what, if Joe Biden really wants to stay in the White House for four years, he better get his act together because the House is going to change hands in November. It won't, the election's November, but they won't take office until January. It's going to change hands. I promise you, if this kind of crap keeps going on, impeachment will be job number one when the new Congress is seated. You can bet on that. And this illegal immigration stuff, it just gets worse and worse. Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee, they're sounding alarm today over Biden's what are called screening protocols for foreign nationals that are seeking visas to come to the U.S. And they're doing it after that British national. Remember, he took the hostages at that Jewish synagogue in North Texas. And he did that just weeks after being allowed to legally come here. It all happened in Colleyville, Texas, which is a suburb. It's kind of north between Dallas and Fort Worth, a little bit north of both of the cities. You know where DFW is, the airport. It's a little bit west of DFW and a little bit north of there. The guy was that 44-year-old British national, Malik Fossil Akram. He grabbed four American hostages inside the Congregation Beth Israel Synagogue. And they were, he kept them locked up 11 hours, a standoff. An FBI hostage rescue team was able to rescue all four. And of course, Akram was shot and killed by the agents. So since that attack, the Biden administration has hidden the details on how this guy got here. How in the heck could he get here? And it turns out it gets even worse. The only thing we know, well, the only thing they'll confirm is that he got to the U.S. He came into JFK in New York on December 29th, and he came from the U.K. And folks over there, I don't know if you've heard this, he has a lengthy criminal record as long as your arm in the U.K., and he's is known, he's watched by the British intelligence agency due to his alleged involvement in Islamic terrorism. He got here, they know, but they won't tell us, on either a tourist visa or through our visa waiver program that allows foreign nationals from 40 different countries to come to the U.S. without a visa and stay here for up to 90 days. So this is frosted a bunch of Republicans. So they put a letter together. I almost, almost dread it when I hear, oh, a bunch of members of Congress are putting a letter together. They're going to threaten the hammer's going to come down on, it was Donald Trump originally, now, of course, it's Joe Biden. I just wonder if these guys think that these letters get anything done other than get put in the news, which we're doing here right now. Okay, who are they? Senators Chuck Grassley, John Cornyn, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Mike Lee, Ben Sass, Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, 
Kennedy from here, Tom Tillis, and Marsha Blackburn. They wrote this, as Akram's own brother told reporters, how had he gotten into America? Why was he granted a visa? How did he land at JFK and not get stopped for one second? DH Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Secretary of State Antony Blinken have been asked to give information regarding his government-approved entry to come here, including his immigration status, by the way. On the date of Mr. Akram's most recent visit to the U.S., was he admitted under the visa waiver program or as an alien in possession of a valid non-immigrant visa, they asked. If admitted pursuant to a non-immigrant visa, in what status was he admitted and for what period? Was he ever granted a waiver of inadmissibility? Please explain. Well, in October of last year, the Congressional Research Service stated in a report on the visa waiver program that, quote, some observers have raised concerns about the possibility that terrorists will enter the U.S. under this program, the visa waiver program, because those entering under the program undergo a biographic rather than a biometric security screening and don't need to interview in person with the U.S. consular office before embarking for the U.S. Please specify which criminal or security databases are not checked for the visa waiver travelers as part of the ESTA process, but which are checked for aliens applying for a non-immigrant visa at a U.S. consulate. Were either of your departments aware of such criminal history by Mr. Akram at the time of his electronic system for travel authorization, visa, or admission app? So in other words, they're asking all the right questions. You think they've gotten an answer yet? <laughs> Do you think they're going to even get a response? No, I guarantee you when that hit, it went in the circle file, the trash can. His entry into the U.S. is not the first time that seemingly lax vetting protocols for foreign nationals seeking visas have been deployed. You hadn't forgot about what happened coming out of Afghanistan, right? Those resettlement operations? More than 75,000 Afghans have been brought here in just six months. Many weren't even interviewed before their arrival. And remember this, Mayorkas, under oath, confirmed that they had been interviewed. We found out later he lied. Oh, by the way, if you lie under oath to Congress, you can go to jail for it. I'm sure they're panting to put Secretary Mayorkas behind bars, right? President has also disregarded recommendations from the 9-11 Commission that tout the importance of in-person interviews for foreign nationals. In a policy change, Biden is now allowing those seeking H-1B, L-1, O-1, H-2B, and F-1 visas to skip in-person interviews as a requirement to get their visas. Nobody talks about this. Folks, that is the definition of insanity. Give me what possible justification Joe Biden would have for just saying, ah, we don't need to talk to him. Just wave him on in when it's against the law. 
I just, I just cannot stop and find a way to figure out any realistic understanding for what that really is all about. When Are you like me? Are you analytical at least every once in a while? I think we all are at some point. The way I look at it is if, if this is going on, what's the reason for it going on? And it's because of this, 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 and this. Okay, so what started that happening and who allowed that to happen? And I always go back and do a little bit of research to find out what the sources and who the sources of all of this are. You know, I've done that here. You know where the sources of this are? Joe Biden. It all comes from him. He has never come clean and told us the real reason he, and he's the one, folks. He is the highest official law enforcement official in the United States, the commander-in-chief. The president always is. The buck stops there when it comes to this. But folks, nobody's holding him accountable for breaking the law on a daily basis. Why does he want to do that? And why is he doing it? We know how he's doing it. He's the president. Nobody's holding him accountable. Nobody's holding him accountable. Nobody's holding him accountable. So if he gets away with this, how much other stuff do we not know about? Hmm. I promise you, there's more. I promise you, there's more. What could there possibly be more? Let me blow your mind with another one. Hunter Biden, Hunter planned to share his family's office space in D.C. with a Chinese intelligence link firm that employed a man that Hunter described as the effing spy chief of China. Biden planned in 2017 to set up an office in Washington that would house, this is Hunter, house his businesses, his father's Biden Foundation, and a representative of a Chinese global energy company he had cultivated close ties to, and that company is CEFC China Energy. You've heard us talk about it here before. Hunter had made a close working relationship with the chairman of that company and majority owner, Yi Jinming, beginning at the end of 2015 after mutual associates put them in touch. Yi had a number of ties, principally Chinese military intelligence, and his company provided energy to China's People's Liberation Army. Despite those links, which I would think that would send up a whole bunch of red flags, despite all that, Hunter became Yi's personal attorney on everything to go into what he was doing here in the U.S., essentially becoming a representative for an intelligence and military-linked Chinese company that was supporting voices calling for an aggressive military posture against the United States and its allies. Hunter and his family were also involved in CEFC's plans to invest in our infrastructure through two companies, Hudson West 4 and Sinohawk. In fact, 
Hunter made it clear to Tony Bobolinsky, you remember he was on the news right after Hunter's laptop debacle broke out? Bobolinsky said he was brought in to help with the infrastructure efforts and that his family and the Biden family were integral to this effort. After Hunter was unhappy with the payment package he was going to get from the venture, he wasn't happy with it. It was only $850,000 salary and a 20% equity piece in the company, as well as 10% of the equity for the big guy. You remember that? In the Biden family, forever, anybody in the family, when they talk about Joe Biden, they call him the big guy. The big guy was supposed to get 10% was going to be funneled through Hunter. Hunter would then seek to fuse his family and CEFC further with that shared office in Washington. In 2017, he made plans to house his businesses, the Biden Foundation, one of his father's offices, and this Chinese energy company together in one office space. And an email for signage. You know, when you're dealing with people in China and you're here, you got to do everything through email. So when they were handling all these documents and you send a document via email to get it signed in that Hunter said he had quote new office mates, Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden, Gongwen Dong, who's chairman Yi of CEFC's, uh, uh, I guess the assistant. And it continued. Hunter said that I would like the office sign to reflect the following the Biden Foundation, Hudson West, CEFC US. The lease will remain under my company's name, Rosemont Seneca. Gongwen Dong, just like he, had notable ties to those embedded in Chinese intelligence and foreign influence operations. In addition to being um, CEFC's guy, Dong was also the CFO at the Beijing-based Radiance Property Holdings. That's a company controlled and run by Lam Ting Gung, a businessman with deep connections to United Front groups like Chinese intelligence. I'm going to stop there. This web is just totally involves everybody in the Biden family. And yet Joe Biden says he has no obligations, no ties. And look at what's about to happen over there, folks. We literally are about to go to war with Ukraine. And I wonder if Hunter Biden is still getting those massive monthly checks from Burisma Holding in Ukraine. It appears nobody's ever debunked it in any way. Both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have a big financial stake over there. And not just there, not just in Russia and Ukraine, but in China. (laughs) Who are the two other most powerful nations on the planet after the United States? Russia and China. And our president, our president has conflicts of interest beyond recognition and understanding with both countries and very heavyweight people in their corporate world, if you can have those in these 
top-down totalitarian countries. They call them companies, but they are all controlled by the governments. In Russia, it's Vladimir Putin, and China, it's Xi Jinping. And Hunter Biden opened the door, opened the door, and what did he use to open the door? Money. Money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Wow. You got that for free. In just a moment, I want you to listen to a conversation that uh, that happened down at our southern border with a recently retired, full-blown Border Patrol agent. Basically what he did, folks, in an interview, he basically threw Joe Biden and this administration, Antony Blinken, Alejandro Mayorkas, threw him under the bus, not by name, but by what they are doing and why they are doing it. Isn't it interesting? You can get somebody that's directly involved in it, give us firsthand information, and give us some facts. You don't want to miss it. You're going to hear some things that will confirm exactly what you've been thinking about that for a long time. Join in the conversation. To find out how, see the homepage at truthnewsnet.org. This is TNN. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals better. Here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy, I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey, Ed Itchy in Idaho. Yes, the Culligan high efficiency water softener will make that thing so soft, it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Get started for as little as $10 a month for six months at participating Culligan dealers. If you think we're just four wheels in a grill, think again. The Jeep Grand Cherokee redefines freedom. But what really makes Jeep? It's finding the perfect balance between luxury and adventure without ever compromising. It's driving across the country to see your family, to make new memories. So, what makes Jeep? You do. Jeep, there's only one. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. In a world where truth is in short supply, you have an abundance of it right here. TNN, the Truth News Network. Let me ask you this. Do you think we're ever going to get to the bottom of what's been going on down at our southern border? And if and when we do, and I think we will, I hope it comes way before this president leaves office because he's implicated in much of, if not every bit of it. Well, there's some folks down there that agree with me. You know who Sarah Carter is. She is a investigative reporter. You see her on a lot of the conservative networks. She's got her, got her own website, and um, she's a truth teller. And when I say truth teller, she digs in, and she gets facts, and she gets things 
from the horse's mouth. She's down at the southern border right now, and she's really digging in to find out exactly what and why all this stuff is happening. She's asking people down there the same questions that you and I are asking, and we're sitting here wherever we're sitting, and we're shouting our questions to those in Washington, and we're not getting any answers. Sean Hannity had Sarah Carter on last night. Listen, oh, and it's not just Sarah. It's a Border Patrol agent, retired, that had his voice disguised in this interview. I don't know if you're going to like this, or if it's going to frost you, but it's important you listen to this. Sean, as the border crisis continues to deteriorate, I've been speaking more and more to senior officials in the Border Patrol Agency, as well as ICE. Here is a senior Border Patrol agent who recently retired, and he wants to make clear what is happening on the border is being purposefully done by the Biden administration, and their hands are tied behind their backs. Let's talk about that. What you're seeing now, what are you seeing? What I'm seeing now is something that I I have never seen before. This career is always ups and downs. Um, but this, what I see now, is something that I've, like, like I've never seen before, like I said. And the most concerning thing is that it's being done on purpose. In my view, my opinion, before... I mean, like, like, you work under different administrations, and and they have their feelings and their policies regarding the border. Um, and I, I, I work under Obama, the Obama administration, and 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 there were some issues. But when those issues were confronted and they were brought up, um, there was a feeling of. Oops, I got caught. Let me correct. Let me see what uh, what I can do. Uh, this time around, what I see is I mean, we can bring uh, politicians down here, do our what we call a, a dog and pony shows and all that, and, uh, and and we show them. And it's like we keep screaming. It's like, look at this. I mean, look at our processing center. Look at the border. Look at the deaths. Look at all this, but nothing is done. It's like they they double down and they continue on. All, all we do is cleaning up, moving people around. Uh, with do you no, think this is the Biden administration's policies? Are they failed policies or are they policies that are allowing this to take place? Oh, this is, in, in their view, this is success. This is a successful policy decision. I don't think this is by mistake. Describe some of what it's like for them out on the front lines. What is it like when you're out there with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and, and a lot of people think that Border Patrol agents are demoralized because, you know, that is definitely one of the things, you know, because we sign up to protect this border, to protect this nation, and we're not being allowed to do that, but there's another aspect of this, and it's the suffering that we see directly because of these policies. We see things that no human should be seeing, should see ever in their lives. We see death, we see suffering, and when this suffering is being brought on, you know, brought on by the very same people that feign so much concern about that population. Okay, uh, 
it, it, it makes it even worse. These policies, like I said, they're successful for them because this is what they wanted from the, from the get-go. This is what they wanted from the get-go. It's positive for only them. Who is them? Who is them? Who is it in this world, who is it in the United States, that is so dead set on just opening our southern border and letting anybody and everybody come through? No accountability. Well, a little accountability, but very little. And doing this with total abandon. No consideration for what many of these people do that come across the border. No consideration for the cost on America and Americans for what is being perpetrated and purposely put together. I can't even begin to imagine how much money we're spending on these illegals, on that whole process. And then on the illegals that Joe Biden is sending around the nation, most of it very secretly. Every once in a while we hear and see something and we document exactly what's happening. We know what we're seeing is horrible. Just imagine how horrible is the full story. Novel idea, folks. Think about this. If their purposes are what they have indicated they are, to help these indigents from Central America, other countries that are coming here to make a better life for themselves and their families, if that's a fact, why wouldn't they adjust to the legal system? You know, the legislature, the U.S. Congress. Why wouldn't they adjust immigration laws that would accommodate the needs of these people. After all, we don't have to. We never had to let anybody into our nation. We chose to allow that to happen. And our representatives created a framework, a structure, and they passed numerous laws, immigration laws, on how and what and who could and who couldn't. And they've been on the books for 260 years. This president, and even when he was vice president, two administrations, the Obama administration and the Biden administration, they've thumbed their noses at the law, totally disregarding the law. And in doing that, thousands of Americans have died at the hands of some of these illegals that come into the nation. We don't even, in many cases, check their backgrounds. They're never here at the border crossings long enough to really find out who they are. We just let them go. Now, what's the price for that? Forget about the dollars and cents. Six, 600,000 felony actions in Texas alone over a two-year period happened at the hands of these illegals. Not all illegals, folks. In fact, thank God most of them are not criminals. But 600,000 Texans, many of who are not alive today because criminal actions were taken against them, even murder. Murder, first-degree murder included in those 600,000 incidents. Rapes, uh, all kinds of things, major crimes, 
And the Biden administration doesn't care about that. They're not on the hook for that. That's Texas's responsibility. And then the other thing, why should one state, why should four states, California, New Mexico, Arizona, and Texas, why should they be forced by the federal government to foot the bill for Joe Biden, the tremendous cost in personnel and infrastructure and services and everything you can imagine? Why should they have to pay for all of this? The taxpayers of Texas are paying it. The federal government's not sending them a special bonus check every month to cover the cost of what they're spending. None of this, none of this is constitutional. None of it fits into the rule of law. None of it is Americanism. None of it. It's all about something. Now, we can suppose, we can extrapolate, we can come up with our thoughts and ideas and our opinions, and we all have them. But folks, we're letting it happen. You and I and our other American brothers and sisters are allowing it to happen. And it's not going to stop until we stop it. I am really shocked that the leaders in the Republican Party haven't made this the bellwether firing the alarm and made this something really, really huge because the American people, in large part, folks, are dead set against it and want it stopped. And the only people that can stop it is the United States Congress. They've got to call Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all the other Democrats, these Democrats at our southern borders in these states that are loving every minute of this. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't understand it. I have suspicions, but even if my suspicions are wrong, it still shouldn't happen, and it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Do you want to launch into um, some news about COVID-19 and about Dr. Fauci? Well, some fresh questions have been raised about what American scientists and federal health officials knew way back then about the origins of COVID and whether conflicting evidence was suppressed and hidden from the public. Huh. Questions, huh? Last night's episode of Special Report with Brett Baer, he dove into the early days of the COVID pandemic and explored documents obtained showing that guess who? Dr. Fauci was warned early on that the virus may have originated in a lab in Wuhan in China. According to the timeline of events laid out last night, Fauci was told We've even got an exact day, January 27th in 2020, two years ago tomorrow, folks, that his agency, Fauci's agency, had been indirectly funding the Wuhan lab through that entity, we hear this all the time now, Echo Health, which is a U.S.-based scientific nonprofit that had been working with coronaviruses. Four days later, January 31st, 2020, 
Dr. Christian Anderson, who is, by the way, a noted virologist at the Scripps Lab, privately told Fauci that after discussion with some of his other colleagues, some of COVID-19's features look possibly engineered, manipulated, manufactured, made, in other words. And he said that the genome is inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. In other words, that it evolved in nature naturally, which is what Fauci's been trying to sell to the world for two years. Anderson added, situation needed to be looked at much, much closer, at which point Fauci organized an all-hands-on-deck conference call with some of those colleagues where he was told that risky experiments with the coronavirus may not have gone through proper biosafety review and oversight. But guess what happened? Just hours later, Fauci hastily organized a call with dozens of worldwide virologists. And notes from that meeting obtained by Fox News reveal suspicions of the lab leak theory were suppressed. Why? Over concerns of how you and I would react to the news of possible Chinese government involvement. Now, let me ask you this. If that was sincere concern, where the heck did they get that? What, did they think we'd be happy about that or we'd be mad about that? No, they knew we'd be upset. And they knew the American people would demand to know the facts. That is the reason for that suppression. Another scientist in that meeting dismissed the possibility the virus jumped from a bat to a person in nature and pointed out the virus could be generated in a lab much, much easier. Fauci and others in the meeting pointed to evidence that the virus originated in that seafood and wild animal wet market in Wuhan, which they say was complicated by the market being shut down and scrubbed clean by the Chinese authorities. In other words, we couldn't go back and check. On that call, a consensus was reached that the lab origin should not even be mentioned in a paper because it will add food to the conspiracist. And Dr. Collins appeared convinced that natural origin of the virus was more likely. Just four days later, five researchers who were on that call authored preliminary findings and they abandoned their earlier private beliefs that the virus was likely the result of a lab leak. Now, it's, it's yet unclear what new evidence prompted the reversal of opinion, but private communications show that various drafts were sent to Fauci and Collins before it was ever formally approved. The first public draft was published on February 16th, but it didn't tamp down any of the theories that the virus originated in a lab. Over the next few months, Fauci and Dr. Collins, former head of the NIH, worked behind the scenes. And what were they doing? Squashing the lab leak theory. Communicated to each other the day after President Trump declined to dismiss the wet market theory, discussing, quote, something National Institutes of Health can do to help put down this very destructive conspiracy. The email from Collins to Fauci contains a link to a special report segment on the issue. Fauci urged Collins to forget about the story, ignore it. He referred to it as a, and I'm quoting, 
shiny object that will go away. Fauci continued to push against the lab leak theory for months. It's been learned that two authors of the scientific report Fauci touted were in close contact with Fauci and awarded millions of dollars in grants from his agency. You smelling a rat here? A year later, President Biden tasked the U.S. intel community with investigating the origins of COVID, but the report was inconclusive, largely because China wouldn't assist. Go figure. In August, after the lab leak theory gained more scientific traction, Dr. Collins told Fox News that he is open to the possibility that the virus originated in a lab while dismissing the idea that it was made from scratch by humans. In his last interview before leaving NIH, Collins stood by that theory that the virus originated in nature. Now let me tell you why I know that's a lie. It originated in nature. You know why I know it's a lie? They have looked, they have searched, they've investigated, they brought all kinds of animals from over there in China around Wuhan into their laboratories. They can't find a single case of it going into an animal that then could infect a human with it. And that fact debunks this whole story. The entire story. Did it originate in a lab? I got to be honest with you. I'm at the 90 plus percent level of assurance that it did. I'm 100% sure that Dr. Fauci was involved in it from the very beginning. I don't think anybody that has any common sense or reasonability understanding and putting two and two together and getting four can disagree that he is neck deep in all of this and has been pushing it and pushing it the way he has because he is up to his neck in all of this. Did you hear what happened down in Florida yesterday? I guess the day before. What's today? Wednesday? On Monday, I think it was announced. Those uh, monoclonal antibodies that had been so successful for so many people. Just out of the clear blue, the FBA, FDA, they took away its emergency use authorization. So now nobody can get it legally. So Fauci yesterday, he defended what the FDA did to rescind that authorization for two of those treatments. Fauci said, there's a risk of potential adverse effect with essentially no benefit because the antibodies don't work on the Omicron variant. If you look in the United States, about 99% of the isolates are Omicron. So it would be extremely unusual for someone to still have a lingering Delta infection right now, Fauci said. I think a month or two ago it was different when Omicron was replacing Delta. But now, if you look at the isolates through the country, they're very, very high. I mean, literally close to 100% of the isolates now are Omicron. That's the reason that the FDA made that decision since these two monoclonal antibodies don't work against Omicron, that it would not be a good idea to administer to anyone 
because all you'll have is the risk of a potential adverse effect with essentially no benefit from the actual therapeutic effect. Now, let me put it in context. Everything that's going on in all of this COVID stuff, folks, in history, throughout history, we have thousands of examples of medications, of vaccines, all kinds of medical treatments that have come up through the bottom, up to the top, going through the system, massive numbers of clinical trials, laboratory tests, all kinds of evidence that prove or disprove the efficacy of all these medicines, vaccines, and procedures. None of that has happened with COVID-19. None of it has happened in normal order. It's all. The order has been manipulated. And thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the globe have given their lives for whatever the purpose or purposes for doing this is. Fauci actually just said in that interview that those monoclonal antibodies don't work and that there could possibly be adverse reactions. Well, the facts don't bear that out, folks. They don't. Brill Biosciences, which is based in Durham, North Carolina, it actually gave us some facts from a phase 2-3 active 2 study of a monoclonal antibody combination therapy which reduced COVID-19 hospitalizations and death. Listen to this percentage. 78% in high-risk patients And it was a control laboratory test. That 78% in high-risk patients, there were patients that had a placebo and they had no success. The real deal, it reduced hospitalizations and death by 78%. And you know what the horror of this is? You're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. Guess who sponsored this study, the one that showed, that proved that they reduced hospitalizations and death by 78%. Dr. Fauci's NAIA. They evaluated 837 patients enrolled within 10 days of having a COVID-19 symptom onset and at high risk for clinical progression followed them for a month following treatment. 12 in the therapy group, only 12 were hospitalized, compared to 45 in the placebo group. One patient in the therapy group died, compared to 9 in the placebo group. Patients in the therapy group also experienced fewer grade 3 or higher adverse events, with few events in the therapy group categorized as drug-related. These data are preliminary, They haven't yet been peer-reviewed, but they've been in Dr. Fauci's hands. What I just gave you, I dug this out. This is from August of last year. He's had this in his hands far, far before this report was written. And you heard what he just said. it would not be a good idea to administer these to anyone because all you will have 
is the risk of a potential adverse effect with essentially no benefit from the actual therapeutic effect itself. A ball-faced lie. And he knew it when he said it. It was a lie. He didn't even give one... This shows you he's got to be a pathological liar. Because his NIH, NIAID, they did the test. He's the head of that agency. He knew the results and he knew that these monoclonal antibodies reduced COVID-19 hospitalizations and death by 78%. He knew that when he said this, essentially they will have no benefit from the actual therapeutic effect. So we're going to go to break. I'm going to leave this question for you to ponder during the break. Why? Why would Fauci lie about this? And even worse, we're going to let you hear from a doctor when we get on the other side of this break from Florida who treats those patients down there very successfully with these monoclonal antibodies. Why would Fauci do that? See if you can come up with an answer. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Paige died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Paige is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Paige. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita, what them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Compare it to smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh... It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him $5, and he said I only gave him $1. Uh Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one on me. Uh-huh. And this is the one dollar right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. 
Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. Good music. James Posey dropped me a text earlier. <laughs> I know he likes this too. Good music. Sometimes it gets you out of a bad mood, especially when it moves around like that one does there. Down in Florida, of course, they've had tremendous success with these monoclonal antibodies down there. There's a Florida doctor that has gone absolutely nuts over what happened. And not only has he been very effective giving dozens of patients those monoclonal antibodies, has stopped some really bad hospitalization issues and very sick people and deaths. Besides that, this same doctor says that some families of loved ones, other loved ones hospitalized with COVID-19, are resorting today to desperate measures when approved treatments have failed. And when it's not too late, some have seen tremendous success by sneaking medications that are prohibited by hospitals into patients. This is coming from that doctor, Eduardo Balbona, an independent internist in Jacksonville. He's helped dozens of seriously ill patients recover using monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin and some other supplements not officially approved for the treatment of COVID-19. Hospitals get big money from the federal government for treating COVID-19 patients. But those payments are tied to their use of these approved treatments only. When there's nothing left to try under those protocols, families naturally are looking for other answers. Often learning about treatments touted by independent physicians around the country and around the world. And all of those, many of those since day one in the COVID-19 pandemic. So hoping to try anything that can save their loved ones' lives, families around the country have filed lawsuits asking judges to intervene. We've given you stories here at TNN Live, multiple ones, probably five or six exact examples of this, and in every case, they worked. In some cases, judges order hospitals to allow the use of those other treatments, like ivermectin, Some of those seriously ill patients have recovered. In other cases, judges have sided with the hospitals and declined the family's request. Meanwhile, independent physicians like Balbona, they watch helplessly, feeling that when families ask, they should be allowed to try medications they believe can turn critically ill patients around. But independent doctors often have limited hospital privileges and may be banned from seeing their own patients in some hospitals. That was the case recently for Dr. Balbona. He was contacted by a worried wife after she read about his involvement in another family's lawsuit seeking to try his recommendations. Based on what that woman told him, Balbona said he felt strongly her husband could recover if he was retreated with the regimen he prescribes for seriously ill COVID patients. The the treatment protocol he follows, with some slight modifications based on each patient's individual needs, was developed by the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. 
Dr. Balbona said the husband was very sick. He's in his 50s, a big, strong guy. She called me desperate because they gave him remdesivir in the hospital. She made them stop it, and he started getting worse and worse. And his oxygen demand went up. By the time she called Balbona for help, her husband needed 60 liters of oxygen per minute. That's too high to manage at home, even with rented medical equipment. If you can get them down to 40 or 50 liters a minute, you can do high-flow oxygen at that level. That's the doctor speaking. That's a lot of oxygen. He said he'd promise he'd try if her husband improved enough to go home and that he'd take over managing his care. Meanwhile, he gave her some prescriptions so she could collect the medications she'd need at home. That was on a Friday. He learned later she'd filled the prescriptions, took the medications to the hospital, and gave them to her husband herself. Remember, it was on a Friday when she got the prescriptions filled. By Tuesday, the man was discharged and fully following the protocol Balbona prescribed. Two days later, he was off oxygen. Now he's recovering. But they're afraid to share their good news publicly. The people who snark in the ivermectin, they're scared to death. Balbona says, I took it in and I gave it to him. Dr. Balbona said she is sure that the government is going to find out who she is, possibly arrest her for giving medications not approved by the hospital. He said she told him, I did it. I knew it was wrong. I don't know what the penalties are. What could they do to me? Think about that, folks. That's the real crime in all this. American private citizens are scared to death. They're losing their loved ones and in large part, not small part, folks, hospitals are in the tank and are creating many of these deaths by the treatments that are part of their protocols that they refuse to go away from when family members who, by the way, have a constitutional right to make decisions for those within their care and their families. That's a fact. In New Hampshire, folks, lawmakers now are considering legislation that would make the state the first in the country to make ivermectin available as an over-the-counter medicine and sanction it as protected as a treatment for COVID-19. Similar bills in three other states have failed. Representative Leah Cushman is a registered nurse up there. She said this, I've absolutely no doubt lives will be saved if human-grade ivermectin was available to COVID patients. Two doctors testified about a proposed bill, warning the legislation could lead to dangerous side effects for people who use the drug. But Cushman believes she'll have the votes to keep the bill moving toward becoming law. The FDA has not approved the use of ivermectin as a treatment for COVID-19, though the drug is used in humans to treat a variety of conditions. This is the most unbelievable, insane story I can even imagine coming out of the COVID-19 debacle every day. We get another story or two. We get a story or two about remdesivir from doctors 
It's a very destructive drug. And in many cases, the use of it, the way it's being used only in hospitals, and guess what? The hospital gets a huge stipend from the federal government. It starts here. You got to be diagnosed. Patients got to be diagnosed COVID positive. They got to become an inpatient at the hospital. Then you got to put them on this protocol, which the hospital protocol was developed by the FDA. Every hospital in America is adopted and is using that protocol right down the line. If they have an oxygen problem, that's the key. They they go on IV version of remdesivir. Nobody talks about the adverse reactions to remdesivir, certainly not Dr. Anthony Fauci. And thousands of people, folks, it's caused kidney failure. This is just one more explanation example, whatever you want to call it, of the top-down totalitarian policies that are being implemented by sycophants like Dr. Anthony Fauci and giving it upstream to another sycophant that lives in the White House, Joe Biden. And people are dying because of it. My talking like this, it brings up a point you need to understand. There's one reason why this show has never gone on YouTube or any of the other uh, sources for doing like national stuff and the reason we do it the way we do. And believe me, it's a lot more complicated to have this studio set up the way it is and to operate it the way we operate it. But we on the website, truthnewsnet.org. Nobody can pull it down off the internet. We do not publish through any entity. What we do here, we can do with totally without those sources picking up our show every day, like Apple Podcast and Google. Can you believe Google's still letting this show? They're actually publishing this show every day. We don't do anything on Facebook except we put links to our stories up there every morning. And the reason we don't do that, I've gotten, I've been asked probably a dozen times. I get the confidential emails from Facebook saying, Mr. Newman, you know you can put your show, put it on live on Facebook. Can you imagine what they would do when their fact checkers got a hold of the content of one of our shows and hear what we're talking about here? We'd be toast. They'd pull us down. None of that has happened. And I don't see any of it happen in the future. We're truth tellers here. We're not out there. We don't have a dog in the hunt other than to get facts out on the street. That's why we do what we do. On that note, before we move on, let me just make a suggestion. You know some people that need to be listening in. For the reason and other reasons that I just told you. We get a lot of information because we are truth tellers. And we have thousands, hundreds of thousands of people like you that listen to the show, that read our stories, you're all doing it for the same reason. It's not because this is a great production. I mean, there are no whistles and bells here. None whatsoever. We just talk to each other. And we pass along information that we get from various sources. Many of those sources are from outside the norm And that scares a lot of people. 
you know, we talk about Florida during the pandemic and a lot because they have been kind of at the epicenter of the good and the bad, primarily because Florida is a principal uh, location, retirement location for thousands and thousands of Americans, even people from Canada. And of course, that meant they had a lot of sick people. Ron DeSantis, the governor, he's been in the gun sights of Joe Biden from the very beginning. But Biden has not been able to pressure Ron DeSantis to make Florida just like New York is, just like California is. Florida now, under Ron DeSantis, not Joe Biden, has experienced 20 consecutive months of job growth, 14 consecutive months of labor force increases. In other words, more people going back to work. In December, just last month, the labor force was up 30,000 from the previous month, bringing the total number of people employed in the month to 10.6 million people are working today in Florida. Florida businesses gained 12,000 private sector jobs in December compared to the previous month. Unemployment rate in Florida, 4.4%, decreased by 0.1 percentage point from the previous month. Florida's businesses created 479,300 total jobs in 2021, almost just shy of half a million new jobs. Not Joe Biden's definition of when he brags about we've, we've, we've created more new jobs than any other presidential administration in history. That's a lie. They haven't. Every job, almost every job that has come into the marketplace since Biden's been president is only people that were locked down, could not work, and they're just going back to work. Biden calls them new jobs. 479,300 actual new jobs created in the state of Florida last year, increasing by almost 6% over the year, faster than the national job growth rate of 4.5%. Florida's labor force today is greater than it was in February of 2020, before COVID hit. In the past year, Florida's labor force grew by 6.1%, more than six times faster than the nation. Don't you like hearing these good stories? I think it's good to do that. I really do. Do you know who Miranda Devine is? If you don't, folks, you need to you need to really dig in and learn about her. She is a conservative. She's from Australia. I think she's from Australia. She's a she's a Brit. I think I don't think she's from England. She may be, but nevertheless, she's got that gorgeous accent. But she works for the New York Post, and she is a bulldog when it comes to ferreting out facts. She's all over Hunter Biden. I mean, (laughs) she has been for a long time, but she's really, she's got him pegged. And uh, I, I don't know for a fact, I would guess, actually I'm almost positive it's true, that uh, what Hunter Biden is involved in is going to be exposed in totality. Hopefully it will be exposed while Joe Biden is president because he's implicated in all of it. And there are a bunch of bulldogs out there that really don't give a rip that he is president. They're digging for facts, and when they find them, 
Miranda Devine is one of them. Peter Schweitzer in his new book. It's a blockbuster. And if you haven't gotten it to read, you need to get it either in written or audible. It'll blow your mind. It exposes so many things. And everything Peter Schweitzer ever publishes, folks, he gives the documentation. He gives all the sourcing for it. So none of it is conjecture. It's all factual. Right after we take this break, we're going to come back and you're going to hear Miranda Devine talk a little bit about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Again, you don't want to miss it. I love going all natural. It just makes me feel better. Nothing between me and my 100% all-natural, juicy, grass-fed beef. Introducing the all-natural burger, the first ever in fast food. With no antibiotics, no added hormones, and no steroids. Only at Carl's Jr. Car's all yours. Thanks. Cars.com's expert reviews made it easy, but... Shouldn't there be more back and forth? You missed the drama, right? Yeah. Maybe this will do the trick. It's a puppy. Not a puppy, a wolf. What now? He's a wolf. And that is its incredibly protective mother. Put the wolf down. You guys good? Yeah, we're good. Yep. Okay. Get the right car without all the drama. Cars.com. All drive, no drama. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, George Walker Bush, do solemnly swear. I, George Walker Bush, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. That I will faithfully execute the office of President Sorry. of the United States. Let me just get this. Hello. Hey. I was just thinking about you. Yes, I was. Uh-huh. Yes, I was. No, you were. That I will faithfully execute the office of President. <laughs> so, uh... What are you wearing? A president uh, of the United uh, States. <laughs> oh. Say, can I call you back? So help me God. No, so you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you, you hang up. So help me God. You hang Congratulations. up. It's President's Day, and everybody's getting in on the special offer from Verizon Wireless. For just $25 per month, get 1,500 anytime minutes, plus free long distance. Verizon Wireless. Join in. The Truth and Dan Newman goes together like beans and rice, brats and kraut, you and the future. TNN, The Truth News Network. So here we are. We're in this together, whatever this is, right? You're here, I'm here, and we're listening and sharing facts, talking about opinions with facts, but principally centered and focused on the facts that we bring you. Through the years, I guess the last, what, two, maybe three years, we've heard Hunter Biden's name come up a lot. And uh, it's, it's, it's very seldom very good. All of the hoo-ha, and we're not going to go into all that other stuff, but the guy's got a very speckled past, and apparently he's still got a, a very speckled life. But I guess one of the most egregious things that we talked about in the early stages was how many flights 
doing his own business and business for the Biden family syndicate around the world that taxpayers paid for. We did some investigation a while back. Did you know that when his dad for eight years was vice president, Hunter Biden took trips overseas using government aircraft, government aircraft, and we paid for it all. We documented close to 200 flights overseas on various government aircraft. Now, passenger aircraft for the government, you've got Air Force One, you've got Air Force Two, some other you know, jet, private jet types that they keep around the administration for administration use. But then you have Air Force Two. And we found out, you're going to hear about it right now, Hunter actually several times when his dad was vice president, he went with his dad on Air Force Two to various meetings, but apparently Hunter used Air Force Two personally as well. Miranda Devine, I told you about her. Here she is. Should Hunter Biden pay back U.S. taxpayers for his trips on government airplanes to do overseas business deal while, while his father is vice president? Judicial Watch found in FOIA government documents nearly two dozen trips out of Joint Base Andrews' home. Uh, home. That's home to Air Force Two, rather. What do you think? Yeah, thanks, Liz. Um, look, I think it's really uh, sort of closing the stable door after the horse has bolted. I mean, it's a nice idea, but why was it ever allowed back when Joe Biden was vice president? Um, it, it, you know, there were reporters on Air Force Two with Joe Biden when he took Hunter Biden to Beijing with him in 2013, where he did that lucrative deal and uh, where he got his father to come and uh, shake hands with his new business partner. Um, so, I mean, it, it seems moot now. Of course, uh, Joe Biden behaved improperly by allowing Hunter Biden to conduct business using Air Force Two as his not just a means of transport, but also a signal to foreign dignitaries that he was Joe Biden's son and here was American power come to do private business because that's the way business is done, that bribes are paid in many countries overseas like China and Russia. They're not paid to the important official, they're paid to their offspring, to their sons and their daughters or, or relatives. And, uh, and there's a name for it in China. They're called the princelings. And that's what Hunter Biden was, a princeling. And, you know, there were other occasions where Hunter Biden even shamelessly brought along his own business partners uh, on one occasion in 2016 to fly with Joe Biden on an official visit to Mexico City. He brought along Jeff Cooper, who was a Biden family donor, Biden, Joe Biden donor, but also had given a lot of money to Hunter Biden. So um, there was this mixing of official American business of state with the Biden family's private enrichment scheme. And we can't lose sight of the fact that this is not about Hunter Biden. It is about Joe Biden, because Hunter Biden had been deputized and groomed by his father to be his bag man, to collect the money uh, from peddling the influence that Joe Biden wielded around the world when he was vice president. 
And it's, you make an important point because it is in violation of government ethics laws what, what Joe Biden allowed. Um, you know, and it's, it's striking that the White House has never denied the stories about Hunter Biden and the laptop emails. You know, do you know of any time in U.S. history where the first family or the second family has had this kind of a financial dealings or bond with foreign intelligence services who are backing these state-owned companies? I mean, the, the issue is, the context is, Miranda, Biden was in debt in 2009. He owed $465,000. He had a negative, a negative net worth of 52000 And then you have Hunter Biden texting one of his daughters that he was complaining he has to pay half of the cash he gets to quote pop. And that's part of a Chinese deal. The package would include 10% held by H for the big guy. You know what I mean? So that's a context. What do you think, Miranda? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's frightening, particularly considering that we're now in these situations uh, with Russia via Ukraine and also uh, China is a very aggressive adversary. And um, we have a president who is compromised. I mean, he's compromised. We know anyone who knows what's in the laptop uh, and the White House must know. And um, and of course, our adversaries know around the world. I mean, it's a joke that Joe Biden um, was running around the world preaching to other countries like Ukraine about corruption when his son was collecting millions, tens of millions of dollars on behalf of his father and the rest of the family. So um, I, I think it, I, I can't imagine that, um, you know, how can America hold its head up on the international stage uh, when it comes to corruption when you've got an, a president like that? Miranda Devine, you're terrific. I'm a big fan of your work. Come back soon, okay? It's good to see you. Thanks, Liz. Laptop from Hell is a book by Miranda Devine. Take a look at it. And Miranda's columns in the New York Post. New York Post is where she publishes her her column. And um, I, I, I subscribe. I've subscribed to quite a few outlets just because of doing this show. We need as much information as we can get. But I encourage you that Laptop from Hell book that she wrote, which is all about Hunter Biden's laptop. You want to check it out. There's, a again, a bunch of amazing information there. And speaking about amazing information, this one... I thought it was kind of funny in a way. Fox News anchor Bill Himmer, you know who he is. I think he and uh, oh, former Bush White House uh, press agent, they do a show right after the morning show at uh, Fox News. They call it America's Newsroom. He, uh, he praised the federal government, Himmer did, and the U.S. Post Office for getting COVID test out so quickly after he and many other Americans put in a request last week to get those free tests that Joe Biden promised. But guess what happened when he turned the test package over? The fine print in the test test package revealed, guess where these tests are coming from, folks? You're not going to believe this. China. The federal government is buying coronavirus test test packages and sending them out in the millions to Americans that were manufactured in China. Himmer said, I got mine yesterday. He held up an orange kit. All four of them came. That's how many a family can get. Congrats, U.S. government. Congrats, U.S. Postal Service. You both did a great job. Got my four tests. 
And on the back of the fine print, Dana, that's a sidekick, it says it's made in China. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Something totally unexpected has happened in our world in the last couple of weeks regarding this president. You know, we cover his craziness and all of the stuff that just doesn't add up, the things he's allowing to happen, the things he won't agree to, the crazy decisions he makes on so many things. But despite Biden declaring that he and his administration outperformed expectations in his first year, even a bunch of the progressive, and I still hate that name for anybody that thinks far left, calling that progressive is an um, oxymoron to me. But even some of those people in the media have started to abandon their public admiration for Joe as he battles a series of crises and his consistently lower and lower poor approval ratings. While Biden enjoyed the glowing coverage the first six months of his presidency, his botched handling of the withdrawal from Afghanistan last summer sparked a public crisis in confidence and dwindling credibility even with the press. And then you pile on that all, record inflation, ongoing supply chain issues, a pandemic that we're going into our third year have also contributed to more negative coverage than ever before. The media's gradual disenchantment with Uncle Joe could be witnessed both in writing and on the air, like NBC's Chuck Todd. You heard yesterday we played the beginning of his Sunday's Meet the Press show. And I mean, at the very front end of the show, he declared Biden is no longer seen as a good commander-in-chief. And sharing the grim stats from the latest NBC News poll that 72% of respondents, they say, we're headed in the wrong direction with Joe at the helm. President Biden's news conference on Wednesday was designed to kick off a second-year reset of his presidency, recapture his political identity, if you will. But our new NBC poll, this is Chuck Todd speaking, suggests Mr. Biden does need a reset because he's lost his identity. He's no longer seen as competent and effective, no longer seen as a good commander-in-chief, or perhaps most most damaging, as easygoing and likable, he added. In fact, just 5% of adults say Biden has performed better than expected as president, one of the many lowest first and fewest first in our poll. And then there's MSNBC's Stephanie Rule. Last year was dubbed Stephanie Antoinette because she downplayed inflation arguing Americans have the money to pay more, also appeared to have a change in tune about Joe as the economic crisis just gets greater. You may be going home with a bigger paycheck, but that means nothing when your grocery bill and your gas bill are higher. She said that to a guest on her show earlier this month. A couple of New York Times opinion pieces signaled a retreat from the commander-in-chief The Times editorial board, they're always in the tank for Joe Biden and any Democrat, right? Well, they argued that Biden has added to his struggles by downplaying some of the nation's biggest pressing matters. 
Quote, Mr. Biden, however, has contributed to his own political woes. Through much of the fall, the president and other administration officials seem to be downplaying the dangers of inflation, they wrote. Mr. Biden's insistence on this implausible narrative may be contributing to a sense that he is not taking inflation seriously. Just days earlier, the New York Times ran a column from Brett Stevens suggesting revisions for the Biden administration. For starters, he said, the White House needs to focus on American needs, not liberal wishes. Wishes. Folks, it ain't good for the president. It's not good for Americans because it ain't good for the president. Novel idea, and I mean this with all seriousness. Pray for this president. He's the pilot of the ship. We wanted the ship to survive getting to where we're headed. And that means we need the captain, the pilot. We need to be good, to be healthy, to be ready, and be equipped to make the good decisions that we must make. Now I'm going to do something we don't normally do to go home. You're not going to want to turn this off. You're going to want to listen to this. Blake Shelton, Trace Atkin. I know it's country music. I'm not a big country fan. You're going to love this. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow here at TNN Live. Yeah, I got a friend in New York City. He's never heard of Conway Twitty. Don't know nothing about grits and greens. Never been south of Queens. But he flew down here on a business trip. I took him honky-tonking and that was it. He took to it like a pig to mud, like a cow to cut. We all got a hillbilly bone down deep inside. No matter where you're from, you just can't hide. And when the band starts banging and the fiddle saws, you can't help but hollering. When you see them pretty little country queens, man, you gotta admit that it's in them jeans. Ain't nothing wrong, just getting on your hillbilly bone, ba bone, ba bone, bone. And a 30-06 I have a bubba in the family tree To get on down with me Yeah, bubba, all you need is an open mind If it fires you up, you gotta let it shine When it feels so right that it can't be wrong Come on, come on, come on You ain't alone You ain't alone We all got a hillbilly bone down deep inside No matter where you from Starts banging and the fiddle songs You can't help but hollering Yeah, when you see them pretty little country queens Man, you gotta admit that it's in them jeans Ain't nothing wrong, just getting on your hillbilly bone, ba bone, ba bone, Starts banging and the fiddle solves.